1: It's time to rip off the mask, and let's talk about grass. We're talking about jumping into the rotation here for Suncoast Normal. My name is Gary, and I'm your political director with my co-host and deputy director, Carlos. Hi, I'm Carlos. And in the beltway, we have our executive director, Chris Kano, who has been in the thick of things, but slightly away from all the reaction this week. We had a uh, D.C. had kind of a rough week, didn't they? They, they? This week, didn't they?
2: Oh, man. D.C. was definitely a rough week uh, for folks living in the district. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think that there is definitely a, a, a really big uh, opportunity here for the vast majority of American people to wake up and realize that our media echo chambers, uh, social media, and, and the way we talk and treat one another online uh, have really led us to a place where we are at such a, a dividing point. It, it is time for us to really think about the things that are separating us and realize we have much more in common as a people than we have differences. And we really need to come together in this time and, and unite to be able to move forward and do really productive and good things for our society,
1: like legalize it. Exactly, And legalization, as everybody knows, is definitely a bipartisan issue as well as a nonpartisan issue. I mean, both sides, it, it can, it can get, get by it. Like, for instance, most of the uh, legalization uh, ballot initiatives this last year won by 60% or better. Of course, here in Florida, it was 71.3%. And no one party gets that much vote, practically, uh, unless there's a, a preponderance of people. Like, for instance, over in... Uh, in Georgia where you had a couple of districts like Fulton County where they had like 69 to 70% that voted Democratic. But that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody who was Democratic voted Democratic. That was just how, how the votes went. But we do have a definite division. And I, I, it is my actual honest belief that those people who stormed the castle this last uh, week were not really members so much of the Republican party as much of, of their own volition. Going out there and doing something beyond party
0: That's what I'm saying You guys are talking about how much we have in common With like Republicans And I actually tend to agree Because you know of all the varying And political thoughts here But I don't know how much we have in common With those people that stormed the Capitol You know what I mean
1: Not much considering (laughs) a lot of the the posts that I've read And some of these people are my friends So I, I apologize to you guys But the stuff that you're posting When it's bullshit That is why it gets taken down that is why you get a little thing from Facebook saying this is not true. Maybe because it's just not true. Maybe because there is no Italy gate. Italy did not control the votes. And no votes actually got changed via machine because they did hand counts to check the, the, uh, the tallies. And the hand counts always matched the mechanical tallies, which means the mechanical vote was not messed with. Period. We have evidence and scientific proof. You don't have to do any more research. look for look for any more conspiracy theories there are none we are it's time to move forward as one nation and get this thing done this democracy together and we can do it it almost makes me wish i we went back to the other discussions where people were telling us you know how we're all stoners and we we need to stay away from politics and yada 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 actually i think that, that, that that's become far more mainstream and we we had plenty of republicans that were on our side in regards to the the cannabis initiatives but i think with this new administration coming and maybe even after this particular event where every person in congress suddenly felt that they were in danger regardless of party that uh, maybe things will, will, will change this next administration would be more i hate to call it kumbaya moments but at least a little bit more putting things together well
2: I, I think that there opinion. is nothing that could bring people together more than cannabis. I mean- Yo,
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think there would be a coup if like cannabis would be legal. You know, I think people <laughs> would be a lot more calm and shit. Like, I don't. I, 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 like, come on, guys. Like, everybody's getting all worked up. We've already got some comments of people that are all worked up, and I'll put them on blast. You know. I got people in the comments saying that they're pissed that we're calling it a coup that they're no longer supporting us, calling us socialists, things like that. And honestly, I think if we all just fucking pass the bong, we'd be a lot fucking better.
1: Yeah. and We're not going to get that deep into politics. They actually have to explain what socialism is. A lot of people don't actually realize what socialism is. Number one, socialism is not communism period communism is is a political aspect where the government controls uh pretty much most of business and things of that sort and we are a social democracy that's why we have social security other kind of things but we're not going to get into all that because that goes down a rabbit hole that uh that basically puts us in, in at odds with ourselves sometimes because we do have a group of people that are very diverse who watch us And we want to have an open and honest discussion that allows back and forth. There's something that's very good about having divided government, and that is it develops a debate. And when you have those discussions, when you have those debates, then answers come out and truth comes out. Whereas some people, when they are biased, tend to have what is called a conclusion bias, where they already have their ideas in their head that they know exactly where things are. Like those folks who come out and say that cannabis automatically causes uh, psychosis. They have conclusion biases. They started with the the conclusion that there was psychosis involved in cannabis, and then they find the data to fix that, to find that. And that's just the wrong way to do things. So we're not going to do that. We're going to keep this as an open debate. We want to make certain that we have people talking to us on both sides and coming to conclusions. There will be times when we agree to disagree. but
2: Gary, that's the the thing. We we in this country have gotten such a point where we don't agree to disagree anymore. We look at each other as enemies and we're americans we're not enemies you know and to to uh you know those are our members and friends and viewers you know on the right side of the aisle you, you know the democrats are not the russians you know and and and, and to the democrats and, and people on the left side of the aisle you know uh, our friends across the aisle are not necessarily the, these right-wing you know uh crusaders that that want to destroy everything about our society it's just People have differences, of opinion, and different values, and we have to figure out a way to come together. And, and to yeah. Carlos' point, spark it up and pass it around. I guarantee you if they had sparked a giant joint – at that rally, there would have been no storm in
1: the capital. You no, know? absolutely. would have been people sitting on a couch saying, "Chill, we'll was- get to you later." Well, that's one reason that the three of us get along. I mean, we give each other
0: shit constantly for whatever it is—religious beliefs, lack of religious beliefs, uh, varying political beliefs. We, I mean, we we do converge in the topic of cannabis, like, and and we, of course believe we should legalize it. But I mean, there's three very different belief systems right here on the show right now. And we're all buddies because I mean, it's, it's two reasons. First off, we smoke pot. Yep. Second, <laughs> second, we're willing to discuss these these things with each other. And that's one of the problems I see with a lot a lot of people they want to ban they want to, you know, they want to, uh, you know, that's one thing that I like about Gary is that he doesn't ban people from his Facebook or block people from his Facebook just because uh, they're hardcore conservatives, right? He likes to have them on there. He likes to argue with them. He likes to talk with them. He likes to develop his opinion as well uh, and try to help these people develop their opinions. So we should have an open discussion. So I'm putting all these comments on blast, guys. I don't even care.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, I did notice that there was an article this last week that said that over 500 people registered themselves out of the Republican Party and became independents or, or NPAs or no party affiliation. Now, as an independent, I, I got to complain that people are actually coming to my party with, 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 ide- with ideas. The whole idea of being, you know, being an independent is to develop your ideas by looking around you and decide, deciding whether or not these people are right or those people are right. You can't come to be an independent and automatically assume that this is exactly how I'm going to think. It, it's, it's, it, it's the party of thinking. And let's hope that we get more thinkers involved in in, in independence that actually are willing to look in both directions because that's the way we got to do things even if we go to the capitol building and try to push some of the bills we're talking about if we don't push those bills in a bipartisan fashion and talk to people beyond party then things are not going to get accomplished period that is just the way it works
2: Well, gary you bring up a good point there and that you know for for all of the um Animosity that I share towards prohibitionists. We'll never get anything done if all we do is lob mortar grenades. You know, add people on certain sides of the aisle, um, because in certain places and in certain spaces, you have to work with members of both parties. Here in Florida, um, you know, although you know I may have relations with Democrats, you, you know, the Republicans run the Florida state legislature, so there's no way. To sit up there and just say, oh, those guys are those bad people, you know, and, and that's why I'm glad you're our political director, because you are probably the most non-controversial figure that we could have on our board. You know, uh, I know my beliefs piss people off, I know Carlos beliefs piss people off, but Gary, you, you um, are very diplomatic and you, you present um, the opportunity for our, our organization to engage with a variety of people from different walks of life, even folks who have been adversaries in the past that are now coming along and becoming allies in this fight. And I think that's necessary because people you know have long memories you can't just sit there and smear people and, and call them bastards and this and that and then expect them to want to champion your bill in a couple of years
1: yeah that, that's basically it and if you go to, to the uh <laughs> the capitol as some of our good vets did about two years ago and started calling the uh representatives and senators murderers okay. because, because they were trying to uh Oppose a a cannabis bill is not going to get you that many brownie points to uh, move that people because once you get somebody on the defensive, they stop listening, and that that's basically where it comes from. So you have to be listening if you if you want to. You can piss off everybody or piss off nobody at all, but at least but express your opinion and be open to other opinions. The mind is like a parachute, right? It only works when it's open. That that is basically what what we have to to work on when we move forward. (laughs)
2: Now, Carlos, you've never jumped out of a plane. You wouldn't get the metaphor.
0: <laughs> you got to jump out of a plane to think.
2: No, you got to jump out of a plane to really get the metaphor of what a parachute
0: is. <laughs> uh, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> Unless about DB Cooper? In which case, you don't really need a, a parachute. I don't know what happened to him anyway. No, and I, I the whole
0: idea, the whole concept. Let's just fucking smoke a bong and talk about it. You know, I, I we think- all we all smoke weed, guys. Republicans, Trump people. You know we should, we should like have Nate on the show uh, one day and talk about like how crazy Trump is. But <laughs>
2: yeah. you know, all, you know, all Floridians, right, it, it, when it came to amendment two, a majority, regardless of political affiliation, voted for you know legalizing it. And I think that where we are now with the recent polls, even show adult use, that regardless of political party, folks are in favor of this. What the problem is is that. The, the electorate does not reflect the elected officials. And so if the elected officials are the ones making the decisions, they're not making the decisions reflective of the electorate, which is why. To our friends, supporters, and, and and viewers that are our Republicans, it is up to you to get involved in your party and hold those prohibitionists accountable. Make sure that we don't have prohibitionists going to our capital and represent you know attempting to represent the people because that's the biggest part of, of all of this is that the disconnect between the populace and and the politicians.
1: Now there are politicians who are willing to uh, subvert the will of the people. I i mentioned this on my facebook page earlier this week but uh, south dakota governor christine Noem's lovely lady so that she should spell her last name g-n-o-m-e-s as opposed to n-o-e-m-s because she does represent somewhat evil of, a, of an idea besides the fact that she's totally ignored the the, uh, the COVID epidemic and let everybody uh get sick in her state what happened was this last uh november was november passed an amendment amendment a which basically stated that that cannabis would become legal and that the legislature was going to get together immediately after the election and set up the rules and regulations and get that set moving forward. Now, our bill actually was self-initiating. It didn't have any reason why the legislation had to get involved, but here in Florida, they did, and they kind of screwed things up. In this particular instance, they actually put down in the legislation that the legislature was going to go ahead and create the rules and so what governor christy nomes did is, is she filed an executive order that got the head of the highway patrol to go ahead and file a lawsuit to prevent the implementation of the, of the bill so therefore nobody can even come to the table to start talking about implementation until this lawsuit has, has gone through which has been moved forward by executive order now i don't want ronda Sanders to be taking notes on this one because he has already said, not on his watch, in regards to that he having our, our program move forward. And this is unfortunately one way that could possibly slow things down. And we don't need to slow things down. We need to hear the will of the people. The people have already spoken in South Dakota. I think it was 65% voted for um, Amendment 8 And for, for her to say, I don't care whether 65% of you did or not, I'm going to have my way that doesn't mean that she's representing the people that, that, that are, are her constituents, which are the entire state of South Dakota. And Gary, to
2: your point, that's a lot. That That's a lot of the ways people view the way Amendment 2 was implemented here in Florida. You know, voters passed a, a very clear amendment and we're still in court litigating it all these years later um, because, you know, the, the, the amendment clearly said, you know, you should have access to the plant. And the legislature said, oh, no, there's no home grow allowed. You know, and and so there's these arguments over the actual language as, as to whether um, the right to the entire plant, which was written in the amendment, it, it means home grow uh, for people here. You know, and, and that is a, a major concern uh, for a lot of folks as to. Moving forward, will they have safe and affordable access to their medicine? And so for a lot of the adult use initiatives uh, that have been circulating, that that remains a, a hold up and a drawback for a lot of people in this community.
1: Now, in New Jersey, they also uh, this last year tried getting it done through the legislature. They failed. It got, it got killed at the last moment. So they put it into a ballot initiative and let the voters decide. And the voters decided in New Jersey to go head forward with legalization. And it was supposed to start January 1st. But guess what happened on January 1st? No legal sales. Why? Because the legislature has gone in to say, we don't approve of the reg- rules, regulations as they currently stand. We need to take a step back and start rewriting those. So legislature that already killed the bill last year has stepped in again to prevent the implementation of the will of the people. And this is interesting because New Jersey and New York is a very big dynamic. And one of the reasons that the Governor Cuomo, even though he was uh, concentrating more on COVID, actually bothered to mention the fact that he wants in this particular year to make certain that New York achieves legalization is in part because he realized that if New Jersey has legalization, there's going to be a lot of stuff going back and forth across the border. It's going to happen automatically. And he also wanted to make certain that the money gets spent in the city and not in Trenton. So that, that, that's, that's where we stand right now. And we'll see if New Jersey takes up the, the call and says, well, if New, Jer- New York's going to do it, we need to go ahead and, uh, and move forward. But again, the people have spoken. Why do we have to explain it to our legislators afterwards that the people have spoken? Because they, they're supposed to be working for us. That is the point of representative government. And we have a representative government called democracy. It's not socialism, regardless of whether we give you uh, $600 or $2,000 to help you out during the COVID administration. <laughs> we're, we're, we're through the, I mean, that's what we should call it the COVID administration, the last one that just passed. <laughs> it, that, that sounds like a good one. It's,
0: but, uh, it's so crazy to me, like, I mean, getting off topic a, a little bit, but like, I mean, the idea that like asking for free healthcare and education means like Pepsi is going to be like taken over by the government is like crazy. But... Anyways, <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I got news for you. The people who make sugary drinks and bakery goods—they—they they have been in charge of a lot for a long time, and we—we we need to kind of get them to step to the side and, and let us make our own choices. Yeah, we, we, we seem to have forced choices. That's called marketing,
0: and, and it, it is marketing. Politics is all marketing. Like we—we we don't, we don't. Accept-
2: economy, Democrat, Republican—all forced marketing, like you said.
0: Yeah, it's we we need to be informed citizens and we need to be informed uh, in in a capitalist society. <laughs> we need to be informed about like the products that we're buying and we need to be informed about the people we're voting for. And if it's all marketing, if it's all bullshit, you know, we're not actually informed. We're voting for different agendas here.
1: And if, if for those people who who read Adam Smith and I don't think there are too many here because he is kind of wordy. Uh <laughs> The Wealth of Nations was only, what, six books? Uh, but he basically stated that uh, the free market is is the invisible hand of the free market, is how we get better prices, how we get better quality. And these are the things we don't have right now in the market here in Florida.
2: Ah, so, Gary, that's a good point. It, you know, For all the free market capitalism that we see espoused by our, our friends and colleagues uh, on the right side of the aisle here in Florida – That is not what we have in our medical cannabis system. I mean, people are literally, they're they're in a a, a position where they only have a limited number of actors, uh, opportunities, people that they can go to and and purchase their medicine from. And I know that that is a a major concern in that if, if in your town, there's only two dispensaries, and and you know one has a, a a quality of product that's not up to par the other one has the product the quality of product you need but it's overpriced i mean how is that a fair choice uh, for any floridian especially people who are sick and in need of this vital medicine
1: but it is good that people do uh, purchase products from all the different mmtcs in florida and post their opinions their reviews uh on on platforms other than leafly and uh well, anyways, I, I'm not. I'm not going to get too heavily in, into those. Know, is that the other one? <laughs> the other one. Well, the other one that happens to be one that I uh, 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 gets a lot of ads purchased on their site, and they move certain products uh, in regards to how much money is paid for for ad, for advertising. Mm. And that that is what, what, what often have. Leafly does not do that as much, <laughs> but the but the other one does. Okay, yeah, I, can, I, I, thought, I can. Leafly kind of
2: like as an encyclopedia of strains. Versus, you know, some of the other, uh, apps that might be out there that people are reviewing, um, you know, the legal market on. So.
0: Yeah. I thought about putting chillum on Weed maps, but I didn't do it. It, it costs. Yeah. it
2: does. Cost. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 I recall reading an article of, um, a couple months back where weed maps was, uh, cooperating with the federal government around something. And that just, I kind of turned me off to their product when I, when I read that article, uh, you know. So I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just yeah, our people. If you're cooperating with the feds, you know, I, I I don't I don't know if I want to use your product. Yo,
0: we Maps is a fucking snitch, yo. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, getting back to Florida and the shortcomings of our existing system, these shortcomings exist because, to your point, Gary, politicians are not listening to the will of the people. And I found it interesting that uh, a recent study came out that enrollment in Florida's medical cannabis program is actually associated with a reduction in prescription drug abuse. You know, in particular, we saw reductions or a complete cessation of opioid medications um, and with folks who, you know, reported, uh, you know, that they've entered the medical cannabis program as well as reductions in using, you know, anti-anxiety and and, and benzos, you know, hypnotics and sedatives. So the, the fact is, is that people are able to migrate off of these, you know, psychotropic medicines uh, for for a more holistic and natural medicine in, in medical cannabis. And I mean, the numbers are astounding to, to see, you know, people actually being able to live healthy, productive lives rather than having to be doped up on pills and, you know, uh, struggling to go to work or, or take care of their children.
0: Well, when you and I first met, um, you know, you came to the that whole medical marijuana school uh, kind of later in the game. But the the location we had before, uh, the one that you're familiar with, uh, was in the middle of Temple Terrace, and it was right by a pill mill. And I remember sitting outside, you know, just kind of hanging out, and you know, junkies would come up to me and be like, "Yo, we heard what you're doing in here. That's awesome. I hate having to come here every day." I think if you're successful, you know, I won't have to. So, I mean, it's no surprise to me. And like, honestly, like this is like how many states have have legalized medical marijuana and came out with the same study at this point? You know, like, it, it, there's a bit of a pattern happening here in the U.S. when it comes to <laughs> cannabis,
1: guys. <laughs> well, we're we're, we're a federal federalist society, so each state has to come to their own conclusions. At least that's the way that, that they are setting it up right now as far as the cannabis programs are concerned. Because of the fact that it is still federally illegal, we have had this patchwork of state laws, oftentimes which are directly in, in contrast with each other. And in California, it even goes from county to county, where you actually can't go through a county with, uh, drop with, with something in your car because it was legal in the county you left, and it's not going to be legal in the county you're going through. And so you have to wow. go around the county to avoid being arrested.
2: That's ludicrous. I, I pray that we don't wind up having that because there would be nothing more difficult than trying to get from Tampa to Orlando and have to avoid Grady Judge's territory.
1: Yeah, you, <laughs> you you've got to go straight through the, uh, the the pig in a polk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not calling Grady Judd that. That's not that's not the point. I I would. <laughs> I, I, I I am more well than ready to go ahead and debate Sheriff Judd anytime, anytime, <laughs> he including was, at he the, was, the various churches he, he goes he to. Listens to the show,
2: Sheriff yeah. Judd. Yeah, he listens to the show. He he has said time and time again he would implement uh you know the law. He's a servant of the law, if you will. He's, he's not Judge Dread, even though he'll pop off one hundred thirty-seven shots in a suspect before. Time. I am the law. <laughs> you know, but I, I think it's I think it's important uh, that the law is clear and specific as to how law enforcement uh, should, you know, garner themselves and, and carry themselves in a post legalization um, United States. And, and to that point, you know, legalization uh, is is set up to happen now more than ever before um, over these recent uh, uh, election wins just in the past week. Uh, we have been discussing it since November uh, that the November elections, you know, left us with, you know, there are two seats up for grab in the state of Georgia. And the fact is, is that now that the Democrats have won those two seats, uh, Reverend Raphael Warnock and in, in, uh, in, in John Ossoff. Um, are, have both committed uh to addressing criminal justice reform when it comes to cannabis and pushing for legalization. And so the Moore Act, which is something that, you know, was, was passed the House, it has stalled in the Senate because Mitch McConnell was leader, is now, you know, going to go back and have some revisions, but it's it set up to pass, you know, th- in this upcoming Senate and Congress now more than ever in that, um, you know, Chuck Schumer is now the majority leader, uh, more or less. And and since uh, he'll be in charge rather than McConnell, he has agreed to to host hearings around legalization, around criminal justice reform when it comes to cannabis. And if it winds up being a 50-50 split, it would be uh, Vice President Kamala Harris that would be the deciding vote in the Senate. And she was the sponsor of the MORE Act. So, you know, uh, if you have issues with the morax finer points in regards to taxing in regards to you know a national legalization um you know apparatus i can understand that now, those criticisms in many cases are valid but the 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 principle in theory of finally removing cannabis from the controlled substances act that in itself should be the the, the goal um because we have barriers to research because it's a schedule 1 substance we still have this conflict around, um, you know, firearms and federal law because it's a Schedule One substance. And so removing cannabis from the Controlled Substances Act will alleviate so many of the issues that we see today. Are they going to open up a whole new can of issues? Absolutely. The American democracy is messy. It's nothing that they get right on the first go round. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <Never. laughs> Uh, but we do get it right every once in a while. This last week, I believe Chicago announced that they have now expunged 500,000 uh, previous uh, uh, criminal records for, for minor possession. And that that means giving back a life to a lot of people whose lives were taken away for making a dumb mistake on, a, on one of the worst days of their lives sometimes and, and helping getting them back on their feet and all the other things that involved with not having a criminal record. Here in the state of Florida, uh, Senator Bracey, I believe, has a bill right now in regards to expungement and it didn't necessarily start from us, but we're more than happy to go ahead and wholeheartedly uh, agree with him on that particular part. Florida needs to start doing that as well. We yep. had people who've come here on vacation and left on probation, as well as the people who are just living here. And it's about time we get we, we got that switched around.
2: Well, Gary, to your point about coming here on vacation, you, know, you have, have uh, written a tourist reciprocity bill. Which I found very interesting that, you know, just show your card from your medical marijuana state uh, here, pay a small, was it like $10 or like a nominal fee and yeah. you're going to get the, the medicine you need, you know, while you're here since, you know, obviously... Uh, legally you're not allowed to transport it across state lines and and you know for anybody who's ever flown out a TIA they got those uh, futuristic total recall body scanners like <laughs> you're not smuggling anything uh, through the airports here so it, you know uh, it, it is definitely a lot safer to just bring your card uh, get your medicine here and, and, and get the opportunity to try some some homegrown uh, Florida
1: bud you know Absolutely. And it'll it'll stop those people who constantly say, No, there is no vape pen in my pocket, it's a penile implant. No, actually it is a vape pen. Okay. <laughs> it, it is, it is a, you should be you should be proud to go ahead and tell people that. Well, you, have, you have to give it uh, answer, you know, when they scan you, right?
0: Uh, okay. <laughs> She's uh, <laughs>
1: you're killing me Gary you're killing me. <laughs> you
0: killing
2: you know I think it's important as well um, to look at the value that the the legal hemp market has moving forward you know not just as a uh, nutraceutical products you know Carlos has tons of, of hemp products there at the store um, but also looking at it as a sustainable product. Um, uh, in renewable resource, you know, everything from building materials to new bioplastics uh, to using it as biodiesel fuel. I mean, there, there is so much opportunity. And I think the, the biggest hold up moving forward in having a robust uh, legal hemp industry and having a robust legal cannabis industry is that the stakeholders that existed in making it illegal still exist today And in the 80-some years it's been illegal, those stakeholders have grown to multi-billion dollar multinational (laughs) conglomerates. So we're in a much bigger uphill battle than we were in the 1930s. You know, looking at the 2020s and the 2030s moving forward, you see have these huge companies uh, like DuPont. You still have these these huge um, you know pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer. You have these huge petrochemical companies like ExxonMobil, who their profits are directly threatened by a robust medical cannabis program, a robust adult use program, a robust uh, hemp program. And I think that those are concerns that a lot, of, a lot of people have in that the politicians that represent us are taking money from these existing stakeholders that want to keep it illegal. And then, you know, the medical uh, cannabis industry, I mean, let's be real, can truly write the same checks that, that the private prison industry can write here in Florida? Can, can uh, you know, Move write the same checks that, <laughs> that that Pfizer can write to these politicians in Florida? And so that's, Really, it, the sad part is it all boils down to the money in politics, and that's why we are in the current state that we are.
1: Now, I believe that uh, Senator Rodriguez, who was pr- formerly Representative Rodriguez, actually has a pack called the Free Market Pack, which I think is, is funny because he's done so much to reduce the free market, especially in regards to cannabis concern. But uh we, we need to move forward with free markets for, for all the things Now I did want to make one big, big mention In regards to the hemp industry We have a, a th- thriving hemp farm industry right now Which means people are growing it all over the place But they're taking that, that one top foot That cola And they're using that for CBD and, and for seeds and extract And things of that sort And you've got another oh Anywhere between uh, 2 to 20 feet Of hemp str- cane That is good for but almost 25,000 different uses. Yeah, And we are not developing the infrastructure fast enough here in Florida to keep all that cane from going to waste as it's being grown right now. And right now we do have a glut in the CBD market. Unfortunately, we've seen that that there are so many industries out, so many co- companies coming up with CBD, and some of them have are actually white labeling each other. <laughs>
2: I mean, Gary, uh, here in the Beltway, I, you, know, you can't walk into a Bed Bath & Beyond without seeing just some observed CBD products. There's CBD bracelets. There's a CBD infused pillows. You go into Ollie's. They got CB, CBD uh, shampoos uh, on discount. You can walk into any discount store in America and find CBD products now. So to your did point, you, you're absolutely
0: right. I you see like a huge shift in the market though. I mean, CBD right now, like the interest in CBD is nowhere what it was like, honestly, like two years ago. And um, you know we had this like huge climax in like the the popularity of CBD from the customer, and then everybody was like, "Oh, I'll totally open up a CBD company and get rich," and and it ended up it ended up saturating in the market. And there's still t- there's still days today where like we will have a mo- Monday morning and I'll get more calls into the shop of people trying to sell me CBD than people tra- walking into the store actually buying CBD.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> A year and a half ago, we had two two conferences in Miami at the same time. One of them was the was the cannabis uh, conference event, and the other one was the CBD event. The CBD event had close to 128 booths, whereas the cannabis event had approximately 40. And, and uh, I, I couldn't help noticing the huge difference. And of course, there are people who are espousing how to create uh, new, new, get new companies in a, on a multi-level marketing basis. And they were having these big old posters and things of that sort. When the multi-level marketing industry gets involved, when you start to see your product appear in, in dollar stores, it's time to dial back mm-hmm. because there's just so much pieces of the pie that you can, you can get to. And we don't want to decrease the importance of what CBD can do by making it so omnipresent and, ma- and having people put out such weak products that eventually it gets vilified or or yeah, diminished. People whatsoever. saying
0: I bought CBD at the gas station and tried it and it didn't work. Like I mean, come on, buy it. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, at a gas station. Let me get. Let me get a pack of cigarettes, some Colt 45, and some CBD gummies.
1: Now I'm not saying that the, the CBD. Is bad. Bad. That was a
0: throwback from the 80s. Who's still? Is right. that, that's still around, though. That's, that's <laughs> So what is it? Four Locos. Four Locos. Four Locos. Yeah, yeah. Coming to the twenty first. I'm, I'm like looking. Twisted at, Tea. It's the Twisted Tea. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get a Twisted Tea. It's the cbd oil. I'll <laughs> <laughs> well, put this cbd
2: oil on my twisted teen. And calm down, but at the same time I can be hyped for the for the party tonight. Oh, yeah, I the to go nowhere in a pandemic. They're coming and,
1: and going.
0: And and I'm telling you this, like cannabis and cbd has lost its its luster, I think, and like it's it's honestly it's still here. It's going to be here for a long time. It freaking works and people, you know, still use it. But I mean, that's the thing. Delta eight is gonna be the new C B D and maybe even like other products like Delta Ten and stuff like that, which is supposed to be more potent than not. Anyways, and also also I, I think honestly, mushrooms is the new cannabis. I think, you know, as far as business is concerned, you know, mushrooms can't replace what cannabis does, but like, you know, I think the new the new craze is gonna be mushrooms
2: well carlos to your point here in dc in the last election they decriminalized mushrooms Mm -hmm. coyote dmt you know so there's there's definitely uh you know psychedelics are are on the forefront i mean the state of oregon decriminalized everything yeah uh cocaine
0: is is decriminalized in oregon now i think i think they did some specific things for psilocybin too where it was like you know uh, yeah, everything else is decriminalized, but there's, there's certain incentives now to, you know, look into psilocybin and research psilocybin. I think, I don't know, maybe Gary knows.
1: Uh, I have a, a couple of people who are looking into the to the psilocybin in the psilocin market right now, yeah. psilocin being the, 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 the pro, the precursor that once you have it, it, it develops in this psilocin, then it goes to the brain. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think that, that, the mushroom market is good. I think it still needs to be monitored a bit because it is slightly different from cannabis. And in some instances, it's better to have somebody who's not tripping along with you just to make absolutely certain how, that, that how things are going well for you because it, it's not as easily. Done as, as cannabis. However, it's extremely therapeutic, extremely therapeutic, and should be respected true. as much. People don't respect medicines. That's 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 part of the problem. I think you should respect all medicines. And when cannabis is medicine, it gets respect as well. If you buy your CBD at the gas station, you may be getting absolute crud. I mean, there's actually three levels you can get at, at CBD out there. You have the, the the gas stations and dollar store stuff, and the stuff that you and you see the stuff over at the supermarkets. Then you get the stuff from the dedicated CBD stores like Chelm which specializes in CBD products and knows exactly about every single thing they have on their shelves and not just saying yeah the wholesaler brought it that kind of thing and then you have the MMTCs who have their own CBD products as well mm-hmm. so that has more let me, let me put out that, that that question to the folks here if you had a choice between those three levels where would you get your CBD from from MMTC from a dedicated CBD shop or from one of the ancillary markets let us know. We want to hear what you have to say.
2: Yeah. Well, for me, Perry, you know, uh, I see is like, it's important for my pet. You know, I have an aging dog. He's over 10 years old now. And so, you know, being able to go to chill him and, and get the medicine that he needs versus paying, you know, uh, the ridiculous amount of money that the veterinarian wants for supplements that are they are probably going to do half the half the effectiveness of these CBD products, I, I think, is important. Um, in Nevada, a few years ago, they tried to actually pass medical marijuana for uh, pets. And, of course, that bill got killed. But I think that's really where the CBD market is is going to boom at uh, in the coming years is as a nutraceutical um, for for veterinary medicine. Because, you know, all in all, it you know, mammals are all affected by cannabis, uh, you know, essentially in the same way in that we all have cannabinoid receptors. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. And so we we need to be concerned about. The, the sorts that we have and the quality that we have and again we need to have infrastructure for for that bast and that herd. those the, those are the two parts of the cane the uh the fiber and the, and the woody part yeah. because we have uh, we, we, we can make biofuels we can make hemp cream.
0: we're focusing on cbd and not everything else well that's, so that we that is the problem is that we're off focused, on CBD.
1: <laughs> the, the focus on cbd has, has taken away from what is also part of the profit for the plant and if you get the cbd market choked by all means, push the manufacturers to start using that bass and that herd to create more hemp cloth. Now, I have on my lapel pin here. That's the wrong one. Okay. A leaf. Now, a representative asked me the other day when I was talking to him online. He said, what, what is that pin on your lapel? I said, this is my flag pin. And he said, how is that a flag pin? I said, well, because the very first flag was made of hemp. And so therefore, this is my flag pin. This is my way of showing I am an American because I know exactly what the first hemp, uh, the, the first flag was made of. And it was made of hemp cloth, in part because of the fact they knew flapping in the wind and getting salt spray and stuff on ships and things of that sort, that it would degrade if it was made by, with, with linen or flax. And so they made it out of hemp. So this is my
2: my wife uh, for our wedding uh, present that she gave me on our wedding night. Actually, gave me a uh, a lapel pin and matching cufflinks that are made out of a leaf, but also red, white, and blue with the stars on them. So I'll have to that sometime.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you can get this pin, this one over here, here, just by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal. We have to throw this, this commercial every time. We almost got it out last time, but the dog actually ended the show last week before we got a chance to get our <laughs> commercial in.
0: <laughs> so Gary, you good. not only get a
2: pin uh, being a member of Suncoast Normal, you also get a, a membership card, literally get to become a card-carrying member. Yes. Uh, you know, if, when you show your card there at Chillum, entitles you to a, a a discount in store on products and such. But also, we have these really cool masks. Gary, show everybody the mask they get for becoming a member. There you go. Carlos is rocking the official Suncoast normal uh, anti COVID mask. So no that,
0: COVID here.
2: <laughs> that is, That's, it's you know four because A lot of masks in the past year. This is one of the most comfortable masks out there. Um, shout out to you know our finance director Tiffany uh, for locking down an amazing uh, deal on these uh, high quality masks. You know, there's even an insert. So if you want to put a filter in there, you can go the extra step and put a filter in on the mask. You can become a member on our website, suncoastnormal.org, as you can see there on the background and on the banner behind Carlos and Gary. And you can stop by Chillum and pick up your membership package anytime uh,
1: during normal business hours. And that will allow you to join us in our fight to go ahead and fix the and reform the, the uh, cannabis laws here in the state of Florida and in our country as we are moving forward. Now, somebody asked me not too long ago, I said, uh, why are you working so hard on state laws when it becomes federally legal, all that will go away? Well, not necessarily. There are still some issues that the states have to take care of that the federal government will not take care of. But also, just like you don't put money in your budget, you don't currently have in your hand. Basically, if you are working on a legislation and it's not passed yet, don't assume it's going to pass. That's what it comes down to. We have a much better chance, this particular administration, of passing the More and the SAFE Act. But that does not necessarily mean that it will definitely pass. So until it does, we have to keep on fighting over here to make certain that we can get what we need. The state state governments are what they call the meth lab of democracy. We are basically the ones who, who, who go out of, out of our way who take that extra step to <laughs> make those <two> laws. <laughs> Gary, the meth labs of democracy. <laughs> it's too funny, man. Look, you, you know it can, it can blow you know, up on you if you don't do it right too. You know, Gary, you Good got point. a way of
0: putting things in, in, in ways that I understand. Yeah, you no. Know. Um, you know Gary, to your point about uh
2: democracy about about here in florida and and how legalization still has shortcomings um you know right now people are still losing their jobs uh for being medical marijuana patients they're still being precluded from jobs for testing positive for thc which is why um, we have a, a public employee protection bill that's going through this session you know originally we wanted this bill to cover all employment across the state Obviously, you know, we have some lawmakers across the aisle, who have, uh, you know, very strong opinions in the Florida Chamber of Commerce, has very strong allies about being dictated to any policy. So moving forward, you know, this session, we're going to advocate that all state employees who are medical marijuana patients, all public employees, um, you know, have the right to utilize this state-sanctioned medicine that should not be fired from their jobs, recruited from jobs uh, because they're medical marijuana patients. And as soon as we have the bill out a draft and have a bill number, we'll have an action alert. We would encourage all of you to write to your state Senator, and state representatives and ask them to support uh, the Public Employee Medical Marijuana Protection Act.
1: Now, naturally, it wasn't the bill that we necessarily wanted exactly, but it is the foundation which, from which we'll be able to build the bill that we do want. And sometimes you have to be careful about what you're trying to push through. Sometimes you have to actually put through a bill that you're certain will pass. As opposed to one that won't, because then you'll be you'll be back where you were at the very beginning. So yeah. if we get this passed, that means that the state government will be taking the lead to show other businesses how easy it is to make certain that people can have access to this product, still be productive employees, as opposed yeah. to the people who are were working right next to them in hard hats with uh, opium, uh, with opioid constipation, which means they actually are using opioids.
2: Oh, opioid constipation. That does not sound like something you want your supervisor to have. It, they don't sound like a nice person.
1: No, I saw this commercial not too long ago for some kind of constipation medicine. And this guy says, Yeah, he's got a hard hat on. He's working in construction. He's talking about, Yes, I have a problem with opioid constipation. No, you have a problem with the fact that you're using opioids and you're on a construction site. <laughs> That 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 is the real problem here. We need to out
0: of the porter potty on the job. I mean,
1: there, there are certain instances where you need to be hundred percent in your brain at all at all times. And you can't be relaxed and you can't be you're uh, thinking of other things. And so therefore during those times obviously are times where you need to be hundred percent completely sober and that, and therefore we always say, you know, don't you don't necessarily have to use it at work. Heck, you won't be able to with this with, with this bill. You only use it after work and before work. But we think it's important that people still have access to the medicine, especially first responders. I think it is so important. Who, who, first responders who have seen things that they cannot unsee, who constantly have issues with PTSD, should be allowed to be able to go to their job and, and utilize the, the, uh, this medicine when they're off-duty or offline to go ahead and uh, be better employees that way. And hopefully we can get to that point we'll start with the state employees we'll get to get to non-state employees and we will also talk about possibly getting a study done to take a look at first responders and see how well they do if they can use this medicine when they are off duty and not on call
2: well gary to your point that this bill becomes a, a, a you know a, a veterans rights issue a a disabilities rights issue in that people with disabilities um you know, especially ones that are chronic and debilitating, can utilize medical cannabis to live healthy and productive lives, um, to be able to go to work. And and if we're precluding them from, from that work and precluding them from being productive members of society, uh, that doesn't benefit anyone. And, and as far as the veterans go, you know, not every veteran is 100% disabled. Some vets still work, some vets, you know, are, are were not disabled by their service and they've become first responders, as you said. Uh, some of them become firemen, EMTs, some have become police officers. And so I think it's very important that for our veterans who may have, you know, If you don't have PTSD from being in Iraq or Afghanistan or in a war zone, you know, uh, going to certain neighborhoods in America can definitely do it for you. If you're an EMT and, you know, you've seen someone's guts being spilled out all over you, that can do it for you. If you're a firefighter, you've seen children burned up, that can do it to you. So definitely our first responders, our, 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 our veterans, our people with disabilities all need access to our medical cannabis system and to tell them, no, you can't use your medicine. It doesn't make any sense if it's legal medicine in this state. If the state is going to say, you have a, it's in our constitution, if you have a constitutional right to utilize this medicine to live a productive life, then all and the lawmakers need to catch up with our constitution and, and come into conformity and allow um, uh, public employees to be able to utilize this. Uh, one of the key things that sticks out to me was the assistant principal in Marion County, uh, who was a veteran, who got injured breaking up a fight between two students, whose doctor said, you know, utilize medical cannabis be, uh, to get you well, rather than utilizing opioids. And then he was let go for testing positive for THC on a drug test to return to work. and did his due diligence and litigated through the court system and the law was not on his side and that is why we're pushing this because the law needs to be on the side of our veterans it needs to be on the side of our public employees
1: oh here's a question then because he was employed by the department of education which is in which in charge of overseeing public schools if this was not a charter school would therefore he be eligible to be uh uh, protected by this particular uh bill that we're putting forward
2: That's a very good question, Gary, because we also have, again, uh, federal funding coming into our school systems. Uh, um, That was essentially the argument that, you know, the Marion County schools were able to utilize. And that doesn't matter what the state law says. It's still illegal federally. And we accept federal dollars and the ability to have a drug free workplace. Um, is created, you know, you know, this disconnect between state and federal law, which is why, again, the Moore Act and other federal legalization initiatives are going to be so important. Once cannabis is descheduled and removed from the Controlled Substances Act, a lot of these conflicts between state and federal law will be resolved. But again, there are people who say the existing uh, language in the Moore Act is going to open up a whole new can of worms and a whole new set of problems. So all in all, you know, democracy is imperfect. We have a lot more work to do when it comes to legislation. But, you know, this this approach that we're taking, you know, do what we can to get what we can pass. Uh, is the best we can do at this time. And, you know, the the sad part is, is that it's all because elections have consequences. And as long as politicians are out of touch with the populace, as long as the electorate is is not reflective of the elected officials, we're going to continue to see this. So to, you know, those people who are on, you know, the right side of the aisle, you know, you got to do your best to get, to get rid of prohibitionists in your party. To everybody who's on the left side of the aisle, say the same thing you got to get rid of these prohibitionists in your party turn your adversaries into allies or vote them out of office
1: and to those folks on the right who believe in a free market we do too, and we want you to respect our right to have a free market here in the state of Florida for MMTCs and move that forward. That's one of the things we, we might be looking at this next session, along with another very, very small but very significant bill that we have in regards to the Patient Protection Act, which very, very simply states that whatever medication you are taking when you use cannabis as medicine is not illicit. Now, by making that one particular statement, it, it broadens things. First off, if you ever put into an institution like an uh, a assisted living facility or a hospital who does get federal funds, that they do have immunity from, uh, from any kind of prosecution if their patients use cannabis because that medicine in the state of Florida is not considered illicit, and they can't be thrown off of a, a, uh, a transplant list. Uh, I know, uh, Chris, you were, you were very familiar with the case of a gentleman who was kicked off the, uh, the liver transplant list because of Becky he had a medical cannabis card.
2: I mean, you know, people should not be precluded from from organ transplants. That was the whole point of the Patient Protective Bill for me. Um, it first came about seeing what they were doing in California around this, and California Normal was pushing this when my own aunt was was uh, uh, you know fighting to get a new liver. You know, it, it really you know shook me in that. Wow. Okay, here's the thing. She can either choose to not use cannabis and help her with her liver. It, you know, or, or she can use it, but then she'll be precluded from getting a liver transplant. And I felt as though no one and no family should be put in that position, which is why I believe the Patient Protection Act is so vital. People should not be precluded from organ transplants. You should not be precluded from any existing life saving medical treatment because you
1: utilize medical cannabis as your medicine. And I had a situation that I looked at, it was in Pasco County, where this woman who was in her 80s had had Parkinson's, but medicating at home with cannabis, she was very lucid, she, her, her, her tremors had gone down, her muscle spasms had gone down, she was actually living a fairly good quality of life, but the son, who could not take care of her anymore, put her in an assisted living facility that was run by the Adventists, and they um, instantly took her medicine away, gave it to him and says, take it home, she can't use it here. They said, but this is how she's doing well. They said, we're sorry. And within a week, she couldn't, rem- she couldn't recognize her own son. Within about a month, she passed away. So these, these are, and, and, and I, I wrote an article about this in the Huffington Post, and the Adventists kind of uh, tried to skewer me about it, but I think that I was on the right side of that particular instance. And they should have reconsidered the fact that this is actually working for the patient. Why would you want to take something away that's working? And because yeah. of the fact it's not, it really is not illicit in Florida because we do have a medical cannabis law that allows it. The, they should have immunity from any federal I- I issues, and that's what we're hoping to gain there. And you can be part of that ga- that gain too by coming with us to Tallahassee this next year, or being with us telephonically, or however else it's going to happen this year. Because yeah, how does that work? Well, actually, this okay. year they actually uh, are saying that if you wanted to uh, testify in front of a committee, you have to go to the Tucker. Uh, auditorium at over FSU, which is about three and a half blocks away, and sit in one of the rooms there and be uh, videotaped talking to the representatives there, so you can't be actually in the same room with them, even though people who do uh, testify are actually about a good 12 feet away, maybe even 20 to 30 feet away yeah, you're not from, in the, from the representatives. Face. They're still setting up that way. Maybe because they want to have less people in the audience yeah. in the gallery, perhaps.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you can't, I've been in those hearings, Gary, where there's, there's standing room only where all the seats are filled. There, there's actually no room to stand. And then, you know, you have overflow into the lobbies and other hearing rooms. So yeah, I can see why wanting to, to limit the amount of people, um, you know, in the advent of all the Zoom technology and video webcams and such, uh, I think it would probably be safer if the legislator did things the right way and, you know, just allow people to testify via Zoom, You know, set it up ahead of time and such. I think there'll be a lot more participation, you know, if we transition to more of an e-democracy, if you will, in that, uh, you know, if people could participate in our democracy from home, right, from, from their from their living rooms, from their laptops, uh, that would do a lot more to boost participation. I know for a lot of people, uh, driving four and a half hours, five hours—if you're from Miami, six or eight hours—to Tallahassee just for half a day or or, 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 you know, a day and a half can can be a lot, and, and so. Being able to participate, you know, uh, digitally is something that our government needs to do a better job of accommodating, uh, you know, public comment and, and public participation in the political process.
1: Now, just over the last two weeks, uh, Chris and I were both at legislative delegations for Orange County and for Hillsborough County, and we we, we did it uh, via a, a Zoom type thing, and we represented our uh, the Suncoast Normal And went ahead and put through Talked about some of our bills And, and, and it worked out fairly, fairly well And you can do that too If you go to your county's website And put in legislative delegation In the search bar You will find where the legislative delegation is For your particular county Where your legislators Both on the in the House and the Senate Will be there to listen to you at one time Sign up to speak Give them your three minutes uh, Speak as to what else you want to talk about In regards to this And they will listen to you This is the time Before everything gets started, to go ahead and go online. So every single county in the state has a legislative delegation. Some of them combine them together in northern Florida when you have the smaller counties like Liberty and things of that sort. But you can get on and go ahead and speak to power and give them your feeling because that is your time to speak. We highly highly recommend that you do that. If you need any help in regards to how to do that, write us at suncoastnormal.org or go to our Facebook page and, and message us and we'll show you how to get there.
2: Indeed, indeed. And understand that, you know, as a member, uh, your dues money goes all back into the organization and towards our advocacy efforts. I don't take a paycheck to do this. Carlos doesn't. Gary doesn't. And and, and as much of a struggle as that is for us to to volunteer our time, to volunteer our resources, uh, we're asking all of you to do the same, you know. Give us your time, give us your talent, give us your treasure in order to push this forward and make legalization happen and make it happen in a way where you have a voice in that system. Uh, right now, you know, we have a system here in Florida, which in many ways is not patient-centric, and that's what we're fighting for: is a patient-centric medical cannabis system. And when it comes to adult use, we want uh, an adult use system that prioritizes personal liberty and freedom, and the right to be able to grow your own medicine at home, not just to pay, you know, eighty bucks and seventy-five bucks for an overly priced, overly taxed, you know, amount of of, of your medicine. And so that's where we are right now. In these fights, um, you know, people always say, oh, well, you got it. You know, why are you all still fighting? And the fact is, is that we may have won some battles along the way, but this war uh, on on the American people is far from over. Because to me, that's what the war on drugs is. It is the longest fought war on the American populace in our history. And we, the people, have to stand up and say, no mas.
1: And it does take time for these things to happen. Uh, like, for instance, we're coming up in two weeks on the... Uh, one-year anniversary of Regulate Florida giving their oral arguments to the uh, Supreme Court to find out if the Regulate Florida petition is, will be allowed to move forward to go towards the ballot box if the good folks from Regulate Florida can come up with three-quarters of a million uh, petitions. But it has taken a year just to get to that point. Hmm. And right now, the, the, the Supreme Court, I look at their uh, opinions that are, that are published every single week. This last week, they did, uh, I think it was one- a uh, capital capital murder case to try to switch somebody's death penalty, and the other three had to do with changes in rules of the appellate court. So they are not getting to it yet, and they may it may take even longer uh, for for regulate Florida or if they make it legal for uh, petitions to even get to the Supreme Court before we actually find out how we're going to move forward with our next ballot initiative. In 2022, but hopefully it'll be soon and hopefully we'll get an opinion on Flora Grown sometime soon. It's been since October 5th, since the last uh, the last oral argument. So we do They do have plenty of time, the Supreme Court, and they take their time. These things Mm -hmm. take a long time. Be patient and be vocal. That's that's my my two big takeaways from today. And guys, I think uh, I think that'll do us. I think that's
0: a good spot to end it. Huh? Well, next week, same time, same channel. Yeah, see everybody next week. Uh, just visit us at suncoastnormal.org. Follow us on social media, and we're out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
1: This has been The Rotation and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member because that is how you become part of the change. You can find The Rotation
0: Podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes but you can always join us in the rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National. all by joining Suncoast Normal. That website, again, is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media at suncoastnormal. Uh, Find us on both Facebook Twitter Instagram and YouTube and thank you Gary and good night. Good night